This is MC Fireside Chats, a weekly show devoted to the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. You'll hear from special guests that focus on topics to help your business succeed, all backed by Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks, here, as always, with Kara Sismadia from the Canadian Camping and RV Council. Super excited to have our normal kind of campground owner-focused show here, minus a couple campground owners who are in Tampa for the Florida RV Show, who had, uh, unfortunately, some emergencies where they couldn't join us. We hope everything is well with, with those people. Uh, but we do have Duncan Winship here, who's a normal guest from Papoose Pond. And uh, we have a special guest, Andrew Garcia, who's kind of just breaking into the business, but also already owns two campgrounds. So I feel like he's kind of a veteran. And he's going to talk us through some of his story, how he got into the business, some of his future plans and stuff like that. And then who knows where we'll go from there. We're going to talk a little bit about the Canadian Camping and RV Council's virtual conference that's coming up here in what, about a month, Kara? Something like that? Yeah, just under a month. The timeline is flying by. Um, but uh, yeah, it's coming together. We'll be virtual again this year for, for 2023 and have lots of people registered already to attend and building out a great agenda and, and uh, some great sponsors coming in the door already. So it's coming together. All right. Well, we'll dive into that and see what kind of exciting things and topics and sessions are happening. So I'm excited to hear about that. Uh, and then maybe if we run out of time, we'll just talk about AI because that seems to be my focus for this year. And maybe I can blow some of your minds about some efficiencies that you can do around your campground with technology that is free and exists today already. Um, and I feel like you're on the right path, Kara, with your virtual conference. Maybe. I mean, maybe by the time 2024 comes around, we'll all just have like VR headsets on and be attending conferences. We can actually feel each other shaking their hand. I don't know. Probably too early and too ambitious for that. But. Yeah, I think we need a bit of time for that. Um, we are, maybe the dynamic here in Canada is a little bit different. We're really just getting back to in-person stuff here. So there's a big appetite to do that. Um, so I think we need a couple of those under our belt to, to refresh the handshakes we haven't had for a while yet. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for that. I don't think I ever want to really attend a conference in VR, but it's fascinating <laughs> to imagine some of the possibilities that will exist out there, though. Sure. Uh, well, so and we do have lots of attendees and, and members and stuff who prefer it virtual, who uh, get that feedback regularly. So, you know, they are out there. There's demographic that wants it, for sure. Well, and you can kind of fit in with all the crowds, too, if it's virtual, right? So, like, here's mm -hmm. a hypothesis. You're, you're at the hotel bar and you want to network, but you don't drink. If you're in VR, you could just pretend to do a shot and they wouldn't really know any different, right? And then you would fit in with the crowd. You could network with more people. So there's benefits. We just have to imagine our minds and think of them. Always thinking outside the box, Brian. That's good. So, okay. Well, let's start with Andrew Garcia from Outdoor Venture Group. Is that right, Andrew? Yep. Outdoor Venture Partners. Uh, you wanna, yeah, just introduce yourself. Tell us who Outdoor Venture Partners is. Take it away. Sure. Uh, and thanks for having me, guys. Super, super excited to be here. Um, like you said, we're we're kind of we're early in our in our venture or early in our into our campground ownership journey. Um, but we formed my partner and I formed Outdoor Venture Partners at the end of 2021. We were both coming from uh, the Wall Street side of the business. I I was a, an investment banker up in New York. Um, spending time, uh, you know, kind of across your your real estate industries, but had the last few years started to focus on campgrounds. Spent time with uh, campgrounds of America, some communities, equity lifestyle properties, um, some of the larger players in the industry, um, and really liked what we saw. Right, so we were we were familiar with the sector on the on the capital market side, and you know, call it outdoor recreation broadly has always been a, a passion of mine. Um, and we saw the opportunity to, to blend uh, work and, and, and personal passion. So um, we formed Outdoor Venture Partners in November, um, ha already had our, our first site that we wanted to go after uh, kind of in our targets and it started conversations there. So we closed on that uh, the day before Thanksgiving, uh, much to the chagrin of my, my wife. Um, and that was our that was our first property. So that's Wilderness Cove out in uh, Western Carolina. 
Um, and then we, we found our second deal and closed on that. Uh, it's 333 Fish Camp in Central Florida, Crescent City. Um, and now we're, we're on the run. We're off to the races. We've got a, our, our third deal we're hoping to announce uh, in the coming weeks. And, um, you know, really just starting to get our feet under us. But we've got a lot of exciting stuff going on. And we love the industry. We love what we're doing. And, um, you know, looking forward to, to continuing to do it. So I'm, I'm curious, and I, I kind of have the same question for every group that we either talk to on here or I talk to by email or whatever else, right? There's so many of you now who have gotten into this in really the last five to seven years, but obviously it was dramatically accelerated during COVID and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, what do you look for from your group's perspective when you're out there trying to purchase a camera? And I'm not saying give me away any of your secrets so that you probably sure. deal, right? But there's obviously something that, you know, some people prefer late, some people prefer mountains, some people prefer always sunny all year. Sure. So we, you know, I think a lot of folks maybe take this, this angle or this approach, but we're focused on facilitating access to high quality outdoor recreation, right? That could be fishing, that could be mountains, that could be desert, that could be ocean, it could be beaches. Um, but we're looking to, to basically activate high quality outdoor recreation and provide, you know, comfortable accommodations, um, you know, and, and, and facilitate access for folks, right. That are, that are looking to, uh, to get out there and, and do stuff. Um, you know, and that's kind of, it's, it's turned into a hybrid model. We do everything from your traditional RV campgrounds. We do glamping, uh, we'll do marinas, uh, outdoor entertainment venues. We'll kind of look, at anything and it, it ends up being kind of a hybrid model right so our, our western and seaside has glamping it's got primitive camps uh we have a single family home that's kind of your regular way airbnb we have rv pads um but it sits at the entrance to eighteen thousand acres of game preserve uh, in state forest um and it's it's got a thousand feet of river frontage on the green river which is kind of a lesser known but really really cool um river that runs uh south of Asheville and it's got eight class five rapids nine class four rapids really really good fly fishing it's a beautiful river you've got excellent mountain scenery you know 30 plus miles of hiking and biking trails it's just kind of an outdoor recreation paradise um and there wasn't much in terms of accommodations in the area right so that that's really what we're looking to activate um okay. I'm curious to know about the transition, what it looks like when you first buy a park these first couple of months. How does how does that work? Are they just kind of hand you the keys and walk walk out the old guys or what's the deal? Pretty much. You know, uh, old. That's a stereotype. I meant old like previous, not technically oh. old. We don't we don't age <laughs> uh, shame here. <laughs> yeah, and look, that's pretty much what happened. Um, and it, I'll say it took us a little while to get our get our feet under us from the op side. Uh, both my, my partner and I were familiar with the business. Call it 20,000 foot view, your kind of capital markets, um, your capital markets knowledge. And, you know, we understood the business, general operations. We really understood it from, from the real estate side of the house. Um, but on the operation side, it's, it's kind of been figuring it out, right. Kind of getting, getting the word out there, figuring out, you know, um, continuing to work with, with our, our dedicated, uh, guests that have been, that have been coming to and enjoying the parks we bought for years and then finding new guests, right. And figuring out what they were looking for. Um, so again, I'll mention, I'll mention Wilderness Cove because we're a little bit further along the, the Western NC site, but we kept hearing from folks, Hey, we want pop-up camping we want rv pads um we want food on site so we, we took an old school bus and, and converted that to a commercial kitchen we're going to be serving hot food on site um we're in the process of installing new rv pads um and then there was some some feedback from families that hey you know it's easier with young kids if if we've got you know a home that's kind of more contained and off that's mm -hmm. uh often and, and, and easier to to kind of you know, keep an eye on everybody. So we, we incorporated the a adjacent single family home property and have, have that in the mix as a rental now. And we're really just looking to, um, you know, kind of be, be what folks need us to be, honestly. How is uh, the staffing front? 
That's been interesting. And, and look, that's something else that it, it's a learning process, right? Um, work campers has been, has been like the holy grail for us. There's an excellent network of work campers. It's kind of growing every day, it feels like. Um, and if you can find folks that are, that are kind of into, into what you're offering at a specific site, I think the kind of sky's the limit, right? Because you've got great people that are familiar with the industry that have inevitably spent time uh, in numerous parks. Um, and really know the biz and they're there 24 hours a day, which is a great thing, especially if you're talking about a remote location. Um, so that's, that's kind of been our saving grace, honestly. And then it's us just kind of getting, again, getting our feet under us from, from the op side and, and, and figuring everything out. Cause you know, each of our sites is a little different. Um, usually based on the type of outdoor recreation we're looking to facilitate. But again, you know, Wilderness Cove will do everything from tubing, uh, kayak rentals. We're doing belly acts, which are like you whitewater kayaking on, on your stomach, which is pretty cool and crazy. Um, fishing and hiking, everything, mountain climbing, spelunking, like kind of every everything under the sun. Um, but the other property is more fishing oriented, and we were lucky enough to, to purchase the site from, from a major league fisherman. He's on the major league pro tour, um, and he kind of plugged us into that industry. And it's on a really cool lake in central Florida called Crescent Lake. They call themselves the bass capital of the world, but it really does have just amazing bass fishing. And, you know, there's a variety of other, of other fish that are out there as well. Um, but bass fishing is kind of the game. And we were able to get plugged into that kind of major league fishing pro network. We've got a major league fishing pro on staff uh, that serves as a charter captain. He stocks our, our uh, bait and tackle store. Um, you know, he does fishing reports for, for folks that are interested in coming to the site. So, you know, kind of a, a wide variety of stuff, but it's, it's been interesting on the staffing side to say the least. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think you'll, what you'll find, and I'm sure Duncan will back me up here is that, yeah, it does take some time to get your ops and things underneath you. But after about a year, really Duncan just comes to the show every week and <laughs> is on it. vacation and sits on a beach the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, and I feel like that's what most camp owners do. Is that yeah, accurate? Right. Yes, yes that's exactly it. Most campground owners just, you know, set it off, never check in, never see how things are going, mm -hmm. none of that stuff. They just run themselves with no no issues in any way, shape, or form. Ever. I really don't know why I'm not a campground owner yet. It seems so easy. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you think about all this, Duncan? All these people getting into the business and, 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 and trying to find different I think it's outstanding. I, like all the new blood, I the new cool. ideas, the new energy – it's really, really going to push this industry in a fantastic direction. Uh, knowing what your niche is, knowing what your market is, knowing what people want and listening to your guests is just outstanding. I mean, that's really what's going to propel you moving forward. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it being, you know, like us, we're very family oriented. We got an antique carousel. We do the kayaks, that kind of stuff, because that's the lake that's kind of behind us. But that's what they ask us for. Um, you know, buildings, you know, whatever the rental, you know, item is that continues to see incredible demand, but also, you know, pads or some weird hybrid in between, you know, like what we have where like they're RV pads, but they have their own private bathroom on them. So there's lots and lots of weird space out there right now. And if, if you keep your head on a swivel, there's lots of opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And Duncan, I don't want to alarm you, but your chair appears to be disappearing behind you. So don't mm. fall or anything. I want to make sure you're safe. Safety the show. first. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, and this is what we, you know, at Insider Perks, I was telling Andrew before the show, we do marketing for some of these larger groups who are just coming into the industry and some who have been here a long time. And it's just fascinating from my perspective to kind of hear their stories, why they got into the business, what are the specific types of assets they're looking for? And then once they have those assets, what are they going to do with them? Like you were talking about, Andrew, is it going to be a, a everything to everyone? Is it going to be a you know, based on your location? Is it going to be a mix of all those things? And and so I just like hearing the stories and seeing how people, especially how they change over the years, right? Because they come in with one kind of mindset and maybe it stays the same, but quite often it, it doesn't. And sometimes it works, most of the time it works out for the better that they change their mind. Yeah, you bring well, me back in six months, I might be singing a different tune, but um, we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, oftentimes the, the market dictates those choices for you. You might have an idea that it, you want the park to look and feel a certain way, but unless your guests buy into that, uh, it, it may not be the right thing. It's sometimes less about how you feel about your property and your business and your park and more about, you know, what what the, what the market wants. So what have you seen, Kara, from Canadian 
groups trying to get into this into this space? Ah, we're seeing lots of groups like Andrews, you know, starting to buy up one or two or three properties um, and and being very strategic about where those properties are located, um, the, the kinds of natural uh, environments they have to offer. Um, those those groups are very, very strategic. And, you know, they've got some dollars behind them to to let them to allow them to be that way. Um which is, uh, you know, I agree completely with Duncan. I think it's a great opportunity for the industry just to kind of elevate across the board and continue to kind of keep things a little bit competitive and, and everyone motivated to, you know, be the be the best they can possibly be in terms of offering really unique experiences and setting themselves apart. It's one of the best, in my opinion, the best features of the industry as a whole is, you know, unlike hotels and things like that who kind of have to, they're pretty stuck in a in a fairly small box in terms of experience offering, you know, outdoor hospitality. This guy really is the limit. Um, you know, I saw Brian your post on LinkedIn about the the those really whimsical RVs. Oh, the Toyland thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean those those kinds of things are doable in an RV park or, or resort setting, and um, you know, it's really just we're really just limited by, well resources are a factor for sure but but imagination um in this industry and so we are seeing a shift here in canada i do think we're a little bit behind you guys in terms of some things you know i saw uh the other day there's a fully automated park opened in the states that has no one is it duncan yeah there's a couple there's a couple now that are open yeah and, uh, i would be really curious from a operational standpoint mm -hmm. how that will continue to progress yeah Maybe especially as i think i think there's operational challenges without mm -hmm. a human body there yeah. that you may run into you may you may find that you'll have it a more frequent touch point than it will be completely autonomous for six months at a time right right you know i think you, you'll run into but I also think that it's a, a great idea because you don't have a lot of um, operational knowledge uh, loss when you have mm -hmm. turnover. When you yeah. have someone who moves on to something bigger and better, you mm -hmm. just it's, the system is plug and play a little bit. So it'll be fascinating to see what role that fits versus mm -hmm. like we were talking about like hotels and hotels are kind of stuck yeah. in one style. I think you'll start to see really a gradation between the two and start seeing mm -hmm. a lot more gray. Especially oh, yeah. when we talk about Airbnbs and glamping mm -hmm. and where it will start to blend into each other. And I'll be curious to see if there's any true mixed use spaces where you'll find something that has a hotel, has it's a coming. giant, you know, uh, amenities for guests and mm -hmm. includes some of the, the higher end RV pads that we're seeing rolling out. My favorite campground here in Alberta, Sundance Lodges, was just purchased by a hotel group that owns, I think, eight or ten hotel properties here. Um, and and it sounds like they have some interesting ideas for that park. So it's happening. Um, I you mean, know, let's, obviously. let's explore this. Like, this is fascinating to me, right? Let's explore this briefly. Automation at RV parks, right? Because, mm -hmm. again, none of us have really researched this, but we know what we've come across and we've seen. And some of the tech, Duncan, that you've seen, it, 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 we've seen it at the different shows, right? We were both at IAPA, for example. Um, how does how does this, I mean, what are some ideas that we have for an automated park? Why? First of all, let's start here, Duncan. Why wouldn't it work? step by step let's, and let's see if we can address each step with an idea. Well, some of the holes that you could punch into it, um, I think groundskeeping is where yeah, you're going to run gonna into some the of those issues. Um, you're going to have. I have um, an answer to that. Let's take it step by step. Let's take it step by step. Yeah, right? so you, all right. So I got to find holes and you're going to try to find a solution. Okay. So groundskeeping. <laughs> or Kara can or Andrew can. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we can all figure it out. We can brainstorm it out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, my concern would probably be pets yeah. and pet byproducts. Mm -hmm. And even with uh, live people on the ground to try to help abate that, I think if there's no real person there, then you can run into yeah. issues that way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the lack of facilities, like certain, certain states require X amount of facilities in uh, a, a overnight RV park stay. Like for example, here in Maine, you have to have a bathroom. You have to mm -hmm. have showers. Otherwise nice. you are not a campground and you will not receive a license. Yeah. So then you have the challenge of cleaning them and having to be done. 
I mean, yeah. can you do it like a uh, automated car wash and a giant pressure stream just blows the whole thing and sprays hot water, cold water, all that stuff everywhere? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not an I'm not actually, an engineer. But... Not a bad idea because I was going to like the, you know, it doesn't solve the problem, but the Roomba model type for commercial cleaning, right? But but it doesn't do around the toilets and inside the bowl and things like that. You have to have a big um, circular room with a drain in the middle of the floor or something. Yeah, it really is. Hopefully, it doesn't come on while you're using it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, what about like minor maintenance, all in one unit? Think about all the day-to-day issues, though, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody pulling their RV uh, into one of your pedestals, uh, somebody mm-hmm. running over your landscaping. You know, I think yeah. after a month or a month or two months of of, of no bot, nobody being out there to actually monitor day-to-day minor maintenance and repairs, I think it, you, know, you might be bumping into some real issues. Well, I think uh, there's a couple of things here, right? And I just, I, I don't want to interrupt you. I just want to take this chunk by chunk so we can address this because we can give a whole list of what's wrong and then maybe we won't come back to maybe potential solutions or ideas that could work in the future. And so if you look at, I think bathrooms maybe is, a, is I don't know how that gets solved, right? Uh, obviously I don't think anything's really, when you say autonomous, does it always have to mean nobody checks in on it? Cause I feel like there's security cameras, um, where somebody could be watching that and it still can be an autonomous park. I think mm-hmm. there can probably be somebody who's hired to say like once a month or once every few weeks, like I do at my house, right? I hire a cleaning person to come in and at least make sure everything's not crazy damaged, but I've also been watching a security camera. So I know if I need to step in or something like that. So I think it's a step toward autonomous. I don't think you're ever going to remove human beings from the equation. Well, I mean, I could see it eventually getting there. Um, I see the challenge of like you're newer, anybody who's new to RVing. So say you're taking it out for the first time and you decide to pull into a place like this where there's nobody home, which I don't think anyone's currently recommending you do that. Really, this is like targeted towards someone who has a lot of experience with RVing. But you, you foolishly pull in and you have no idea how to hook up, plug in, do anything. And then it ends up being dependent upon your neighbors, which, you know, a lot of times they're fantastic people. Like some of the RVing and and, cha- and, and them as individuals are just really awesome in assisting each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no one there to give you any kind of customer service. Right. Yeah, so what videos, if that- yeah, there's YouTube, but... Mm-hmm. If you don't know well, how to do it, you don't know how to do it. You set expectations for this in the booking process. That's very clear, right? Obviously, some people are going to ignore it. Some people are going to read it. I know that argument, right? But if you yeah. set expectations in the booking process, this is a fully automated campground. If you wish to stay here, then you must know how to do your own hookups, how to how to do this. But again, like process. they're not going to read it. And then when they show up. Some people won't. What's the I agree with you. Of that? Like how but, often does that really happen then? People like don't in real life, if, it's, if it's less than one percent of your total overnight stays, yeah, then it's really a rounding error at that point in time, right? That one percent of your stays that read it is what you're saying. No, one one percent of your stays have these issues that we're outlining. Right, ninety nine percent of them pull in, plug in, spend the I night, and then roll out first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I and agree with you. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So as long I mean, as you have that little I, human touch to back you up, like a warning security system or a I mean, even some kind of a sensor, right? If 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 you look at if you're experienced in RV parks and you look at where typically people cut corners too soon, or roll their tires over the sites, or hit the pedestals, if there's some kind of sensor that says alert, alert, somebody just bumped into a pedestal, and it mm-hmm. sends somebody a thing on their phone, so they can check the security camera and see if it's something they need to pay attention to. Yeah, and it also just causes you know you to change your layout for your next one. Eventually, you get to efficiencies of how you have it built because this thing is not, they're not super organic in how they're done and designed. A lot of times it's a DC 10 and and asphalt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for me as an operator, where I foresee issues are things like noise at night, uh, conflict between guests, um, scenarios where maybe you have a per site capacity, but Someone pulls in with 10 people in their arm. Like who's, what are you, how are you going to even know? You're not there. Um, so th- those things I think, are. I think, I think some of the way that they combat that is that there is nothing there. There's no right. playground. There's no bathhouse. No, fun. There's no fire pits. 
there's no swings, there's no and the price point space. is very high too, as yeah, we saw in the response. Mm-hmm. So you cut out that kind of lower tier market. I mean, I think right. eventually, yeah, there's going to need to be again a combination of security cameras. And one day, you know, I don't know, have a robot that patrols the thing with little sleeping yeah. guards. I mean, that's it's a, little, a little doggy with your a camera on top and a speaker. Will result in you being put to sleep until morning. Oh boy! Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of options that you really see moving into it. I mean, you see the like the automated uh, vending machines. That are open 24 hours a day, and you can load anything you want. Oh, the ice cream one we saw at IAPA that was pretty wild. They got a pizza one coming out that I have a lot of interest in. Mm -hmm. I still want that little claw machine that grabs the liquor bottles, but that probably wouldn't work automated because you really wouldn't want people partying. Yeah, no, no, you got to audit that. You got to, you got at least ID. Listen, I I still think there's going to be that segment of the market that wants a personalized guest experience. But for sure, I think there's a demographic hey, that's... See, here's what you're missing, interested. though. There's a difference between personalized and human. You can get very, very personalized with technology. No. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, at, I went to one of the big sporting events, one of the football sporting events. They had an automated bar system. And it took your credit card, it took your mm-hmm. photo ID, and used your facial recognition. And mm-hmm. so the first time I went up to the machine, it asked what I wanted to drink, had a whole bunch of cocktail options, that kind of thing, ordered one. And then when I went back the second time, it said, do you want this again or do you want something different? I just said, yes, it dispensed it. And I was out of the way within 35 seconds right. and back to watching the football game, which is really what I wanted to do. Yeah. And for sure. remember, if it's automated, you can do those things like we ha- we used to do this. We still do for some people care. You use smart waivers still right for CCRVC mm-hmm. that you can set up those kiosks in this. Not saying it's smart waiver, but something similar where it does take a picture of the guests when they check in. It makes them scan their driver's license. It records yeah. their license plate for security. And then if they do anything to your park, you've got their license. You have their address. You have their license plate. And that helped. I'm not saying that's always going to solve the problem, but at least that gives mm-hmm. the police a head start. There's tools. There's tools and assistance out there to really uh, grow what you're doing. How do you keep guests safe? How do you give them what they want? How do you make it easier for them? You know, like if you mm-hmm. have a bunch of guests who are staying more long term or they, they stay for the whole season and you have the ability to integrate facial recognition for them in their store, your cafe, your 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 uh, boat livery or your snack, whatever, all those locations, I feel like you'd get a fair amount of adoption on that. So instead of having to go up to the kiosk to make sure you have it on there, you just walk up, grab what you want, and scan your face, and away you go. Um, well, and, really and add some efficiencies. Is, part of the hesitancy that everybody will tell you is, well, I don't want people scanning my face. But as TSA releases this at airports, as you have it more at bars, at sports, it's going to become more commonplace. And people They're already more- scanning your face. It's oh yeah! If you have a passport or a real ID, your face has already been scanned. They've you're also been scanning your face with face ID for five years already. They have yeah. your face. Yeah, you carry around a tracking device with you almost everywhere you <laughs> yeah. go, and the they individuals who do not. What do you think about all this, Andrew? You have new business ideas, or you think we're nuts? Well, I'm going to go check out this automated park. I think it's in Tifton, Georgia, and I'm heading down 75. Awesome. I'm, I'm in Atlanta, so I'm heading down 75 next week to, to go down to our Florida park, and I'm going to check it out on my way. Um, I think it's pretty cool, you know, and I think we talked about labor earlier. You know, that's an issue. It's not an issue, but it's a challenge. Um, sure. Challenge is probably not going anywhere, right, especially mm-hmm. as we see industry continue to grow so you know automating where you can it's probably the future um kind of figuring out how you balance experiences and and how to do that in the right way is pretty important um Mm -hmm. i see it working at more of like your transient travel oriented parks you know destination oriented um you know resort style campgrounds I think you probably bump into some more issues there especially when there are kids running around and the liability um travel park and i think that's what this one in tifton is it's right off of 75 you yeah. kind of pull in pull out super simple not too many bells and whistles it's pretty cool i think it makes a lot of sense i'm sure these guys are i think sure i have a great out. idea kara tell me if you andrew if you're willing to participate in this tell me i think when did you say you're going to the tifton georgia one next week 
I'm okay. just going to stop on my way to my other. My you other should side. stop on your way there on a Wednesday during our show next week, and we should do a live test with you where you try to bump into things at the campground and see if. <laughs> oh <anybody knows>. no! <laughs> I've got a rental car right now, so I might be perfect. Okay. <laughs> it would be such great entertainment, right? Sure. Just walk up and just, I'm just going to lightly kick this electric pedestal, and then just look see around and see if anybody like alarms or sirens go off or. I really yeah. Sure. I mean, are they, if I go in and they realize I'm not staying, am I going to be stuck in the police around? Yeah, I think right. your money is good in. as anybody else's. Yeah, they'll take your dollars. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think you have to give it dollars to get in. That's the thing. I think it's probably yeah. a date. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to book online. You have to have a reservation before you go in. And if you just pull in without one, there's like a pull off area where it gives you instructions on how to do it. And right. I think that they spent a lot of time on their signage to really curate what they need the guests to do to make it work. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I think, you know, as we see this grow, the the guests will get more and more used to it. And so there will be less. Right. I, mean, if without I don't know what their guest experience is, but if you're talking about reserving online in advance, just like you would do at like a long-term parking garage at the airport when we go leave in Calgary, right? If mm -hmm. you get a QR code, you just pop up and scan it and the gate opens and you're in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I think it's very similar technology is, that. is convenient. Yeah. That's what everybody wants. I don't you know. know about everybody. I caution this saying everybody. I not, I didn't say everybody wants tech. I said everybody wants convenience. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know. You want to be inconvenienced? You I don't make. I don't know that everyone want it to be more no. pain points. No, I don't know that everyone lists con convenience as higher on the list than any other. Factor. I bet you if you gave them an example to solve whatever problem they were having, they would choose convenience every single time. I, don't I think know. it's a I yes some... and. It's right. a yes I... and type of thing. It's yes, Ideally, I want convenience. But not at the cost I of... want. Well, right, but it's I how couldn't... that convenience. Sorry, Kara, I don't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I just, I, I, I personally know several campers who would rather interact with uh, staff and deal with humans. And but like I also know that's the one percent, or the, maybe the five percent now. But I it's don't gonna know. But I also know convenient. lots of people who don't want to, who refuse to go through this self checkout line at the grocery store because right. they want so to keep is, the humans. In this their, is the in next argument, right? This is I hate the self checkout store thing at the store too because it sucks. <laughs> it doesn't work. Designed as a half haphazard method method it's always yeah. understand and recognize when you're picking up bags and when you put down an item and when you press the button it sucks and of mm -hmm. course consumers don't like that because in most cases even though it's billed as convenience it's not actually convenient right because yeah, have, you have any of you been in the amazon quick stop stores where there's not even a cashier you just grab walk out and it charges i yeah. haven't but i've read yeah, how okay, does that work does that work well no no <laughs> well you know one experience you have to register in advance and you know i ended up shoplifting by accident so i kind of <laughs> went back in there and brought my stuff back in i realized i hadn't paid for it um i think it's better now this is pretty early and i haven't yeah. gone back i haven't gone back since that so well but you're also seeing like places like uh inter international airports and stuff where it's like like a walkthrough you go in, they find you, you just need to have your credit card on your person and you just pick up whatever you want and they just it just automatically charges you for what you walk out yeah, with. That's, that's what they're doing at TSA security too, with the facial yeah. recognition they're gonna launch with Delta. Yeah, but right, I those things like to me Kara's point and to Brian's point, you're both saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're just looking for the same solution. Guests who want to go in and interact with your staff are doing it for the interaction. They're mm -hmm. not doing it because it's mandatory. If you make it convenient and you make it what they want it to be, you want to get in. I want to get to the site. I want to get set up. I want to have my chairs. I want everything to be all set. And I can have my first soda of my mm -hmm. camping trip right out the gate. And I don't want to do it versus someone who's maybe this is like their 12th trip. And they know me personally and they want to say hello. Mm -hmm. And that's part of their that's part of their experience. And part yeah. of their convenience is to be able to walk in ask for someone in our staff who's maybe been there for a few years, have that personal connection, and then yeah. go set up. It's the same thing. Right. But it's also why Papoose Pond will always exist with Duncan, and there will be also be an automated park for the other people. It's yeah, never or there will be automation at Papoose, and you can go in and talk to somebody if you want, or you well, can yeah, drive right. to your site. 
but it's going to yeah. be a hybrid. I'll give you a perfect example. It's like I had this debate with somebody, I can't remember who the other day, where they were talking about, we were looking at, at uh, I don't know if you remember, four or five years ago, Duncan, where Google did that demo of that automated thing calling and making a hair appointment for a lady, and it was really smooth, and it hummed, you know, it paused. Do you remember that, Kara? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was like four or five years ago. But so I was having this conversation with somebody who wasn't aware of that, but she was basically saying, well, nobody wants to talk to a robot when they call customer service. And nobody, you know, nobody really wants to, they always want to talk to a human. I said, yes, for the same argument I'm talking about now, because when you call that robot, the stupid phone tree sucks. It doesn't yeah, get you to where you want. It doesn't hear what you want to say. It doesn't yeah. route your call the right way. And then when it gets there, it doesn't even pass along the half hour of information you've been feeding it to the agent who answers the phone. Mm -hmm. And and the reason that you that you like that is because the phone agent is still more helpful than that robot. But then for me, like I'll get to a customer service agent and oh, I have to transfer you to this department. I can't help you with this. You'll need to email these people. What mm -hmm. if you had an AI you could talk to like the Google thing that could actually interact with all of the systems at all of the company and had access to all of the support tickets and all the resolutions right. of the entire history and could do anything that you wanted in 30 seconds to get you off the phone. It's going to get there. It's so yeah, what we're saying there. is we just aren't there yet. All these, oh, we, I, think we are, I mean, like a year away from customer service agents like that. Uh, like, like 20 there's, years ago, computers won chess. You could, there's not a human on the planet who can beat a computer now at chess. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's I, one I, right? in the last he, five years. No. I heard there's one, isn't there? Yeah, one? He beat that supercomputer. Yeah, he did at, at one game out of like 15. <laughs> and you're talking about it. It's a, there's a big difference between a supercomputer who can calculate chess and an AI who can think mm -hmm. and know all the chess games yeah. and all I the mean, history like, of all the people who the where an AI can write a college level paper on any subject. Okay. We're going to dive into this. We're going to dive into this and show this, but I want to talk about we the We were playing with that the other day. Here for blog yeah. posts. That was pretty interesting. One more thing. What about rules though? Is this going to be yeah. like ruthless enforcement of campground rules, which yes, we all it's know? Be a Terminator robot. It, well, it depends exactly. on the level of the AI. You're five minutes late to your check-in. You're mm -hmm. out of luck. You're, I mean, come on. I don't know if that works, right? Yeah. Like, there's a level as, of as the AI gets more data points and more sample points, it would start making that decision. Mm -hmm. so fu fuzzy logic, huh? Well, that's what AI is, is fuzzy logic. Yeah. 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 But, the, yeah. but the benefit of, and again, we'll, we'll, I'll show you a couple examples of this in a second. But the benefit of that is that AI knows you can train it on whatever data set you want. So you can take an automated park and you can train it and say, here are my rules, here are my processes, here's how you should react in this situation. All the things that it needs to know so that it will respond the exact way you need to, but it'll also have a whole library of customer service interactions and how to solve problems and how to do this and how to de-escalate situations. And it's just, it's going to be so much right. smarter. And the more feedback you wise. give it, the better job it will do. Like if you go back and audit what it did previously and you're like, this is a hundred out of a hundred experience. This is a 70 out of a hundred experience. This is a five out of a hundred experience. I it's Andrew like, is skeptical, but we need to get to the conference and then we'll make Andrew not a skeptic anymore, I promise. I, I don't I'm know. Skeptical. I've seen just, a, I, I question the full automation. I yeah. think hundred percent there are numerous, you know, numerous functions that, that automation. There are definitely have. still challenges to automation. Totally. I think I think I, as we've seen, you can get ninety nine percent of the way there. Um as a futurist, I agree. What about yeah, security I, too? Sometimes you feel alone in these say. rural locations and, you know, people are, people well, that's, are. That's what I'm trying to say. Like we've already, and, I, and we keep cutting Kara's time off here, but, but oh, like I, when I say robots, I'm not joking. Like Tesla has invented their robot. That's kind of clumsy so far. There are plenty of humanoid style robots. And when I show you this conversation interface that I'm about to show you, it's not far from just loading that as a voice assistant into a robot to be able to talk to people. Yeah, like, like the, little, the little doggy robots that run around now that can open doors, they can they can do yeah. all kinds of craziness. And the yeah. security so, guards, robot security guards, night something. They can night, well, well, it's, it's, it's like well, you heard are. about that hitchhiking robot, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that but somebody destroyed it, didn't they? Yeah, in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Just completely ruined oh, yeah. it. So, no, you know, you have your, your robot security dog, and then next thing you know, you find it in a dumpster. Well, but again, that's what you got security cameras and other methods in place. But anyway, Kara, go ahead and then we'll pivot back to, to AI specifically is what I want to talk about, how it would integrate with this stuff. So Kara, the Canadian Camping and RV Council is having their third virtual conference coming up here in about a month. 
Tell us yeah. a little bit about what's going on, some of the education you have planned and the cool things. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, what a pivot. <laughs> um, well, it's yeah. important. It's virtual. It's still tech. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, uh, Brian and I were talking about delivering some of these education ses sessions using some AI support, too. So uh, it does kind of fit. But um, anyways, yes, we are. Uh, we've announced our third annual uh, conference. We were kind of on the fence about person or, or virtual for this year. So um, that was kind of a tough, well, a very tough decision for our board, but uh, we're full steam ahead here for virtual, um, just with our short timeline. That's kind of how we're rolling now. Um, we've got two full days, February 15th and 16th, of uh, education conference content ranging from all kinds of things specific to tech and automations and all of that, but uh, also, you know, the basics and, and touching on some important topics that, um, members and, and attendees have suggested to us. We, we sent out a survey uh, after last year's event and then again prior to this one, uh, just looking for feedback. And so we've used that survey, uh, those survey results to really build out our education session agenda. Uh, we have some cool keynote session stuff planned. We'll actually be doing two uh, main stage sessions each day. Um, just because we've got some interesting topics uh, specifically around this, this big shift to EVs uh, and, and the implications for the campground industry uh, specific to that. Um, we've got, again, a, an important update from the Tourism Industry Association of Canada and, and a couple of our government representatives happening on the main stage. Uh, we'll be doing three session tracks this year instead of four. Um, we'll do a business basics track a state informed track and an industry innovations track. Uh, agenda is building out. There's some great speakers confirmed already, um, but lots more to come still on that front. Um, obviously, we'll be showcasing kind of what the association is working on and how it can benefit uh, members and their businesses, but also uh, tons of awesome stuff. We'll, we'll hear from Brian on some marketing things. Definitely, um, I'm hoping he'll do a good deep dive specific to automations and things like that uh, for one of his sessions. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I think, you know, overall the last three, the last two years were incredibly successful. Um, we ha have received nothing but good feedback about the education content and sessions. Um, and I have to shout out to CampSpot for coming back as title sponsor. Um, you know, the, the virtual dynamic for our suppliers is not the easiest and we're very cognizant of that. So, um, you know, it's incredibly important to us that our sponsors see the value in continuing to educate Canadian campground owners. And actually, we've got some American registrants as well. Um, so if you're interested, join us. Um, but, uh, you know, those sponsors realizing how, how great the event is in terms of helping the campground industry continue to grow and be really successful um, and change and innovate over time with obviously so much shifting in the industry right now. I think you've also reminded me too, and I want to ask definitely some questions about, um, you, you know, where, what was your focus on education this year specifically for your members, but we also want to, I keep forgetting, Firefly, Firefly Reservations is the sponsor for this episode of Empty awesome. Virus Like Cats. And, and I put them in the social posts and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of covering up Duncan here. Um, but we're super <laughs> grateful for them. They run a great reservation system for campground owners. I think uh, they're just kind of evolving their platform and making a more modern experience. And so if you're in the market for something like that, be sure to check them out. We really mm -hmm. appreciate their support for this episode. But talk a little bit about your, uh, your education thoughts process, right? Because it differs from year to year based on what your members want, right? So where was your, mm -hmm. some of your big focus this year? For sure. Um, I think the the biggest feedback we got was really around um, this this shift. We saw a really successful couple of years in this industry, uh, the past two. And so ways to maintain that longevity is really important. Um, maintain that success for, for into the future um, as as you know, the world is reopened and people can travel and experience things in different ways. Uh, how do we keep our campgrounds really competitive in that environment? Um, but then for sure, um, more than any other year, uh, there is a, a huge appetite for attention to this, uh, these technological advancements and, and how they're impacting the industry. Um, certainly the, the EV requirements, uh, 
the electric component shifts in in how we're manufacturing RVs um, is is going to impact our industry for sure over the next you know handful of your decade probably um, as we see the market really shift to embrace that. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know I think campground owners are incredibly adaptable um, and you know we've seen them get through all kinds of adversity in the past and so you know i've uh, nothing but confidence in them so i think they are keen to embrace kind of what's coming and and uh where the market is dictating they need to uh, pay attention to and so we'll be talking a lot about those things this year as compared to you know last year it was really about uh, we were really addressing you know things like the labor market shortages and and things like embracing automation and stuff to help with that um, and then obviously in 2021, our big focus was, you know, getting back open and, and getting functional and, and really um, harnessing the incredible amount of interest in, in the RV camping lifestyle for sure. Awesome. Well, definitely looking forward to it. It's uh, just under a month now. It's February 15th through the 16th, right? Correct. Make sure if you're not registered, if you're a Canadian park or an American park, and want some extra education, which never, ever hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you reach out to Kara. And then obviously, if you're a supplier, sponsor, stuff like that, great opportunities to get in front of campground owners. Um, yes, it's virtual, but that doesn't matter. Like, there's going to be people there who are going to be attending and ready to purchase. So that's what we're all looking for. So one of some of the greatest benefits of going virtual, we've talked. Brian and I talk have beaten this horse to death, but is that ability to all of our sessions are available recorded afterwards. So it really gives all that content that you're delivering and the exposure for for sponsor businesses some more longevity over just the one or two days of an event like that. Um, it also enables us to to kind of uh, do all kinds of communications throughout the year instead of just during the event dates um, and and you know obviously also virtual really expands accessibility to folks all over across you know broader swaths of of the continent um, we actually have a really interesting session with some association representatives from other countries so uh germany and australia and those guys are going to join us to have some conversations about how their associations are supporting their members in other parts of the world, but also how, how the industry is looking for them as well. So those kinds of things I think are really um, beneficial from the uh, due to the virtual uh, format. I need to know who those people are because we're about to expand it to Europe. But anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> Deal. Sure. Sure. That's good. Anyway, yeah. uh, so okay, so let's 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 blow some minds here. Let's have some fun. So. Kara, I've shown this tool to, and there's going to be a couple we'll talk about, right? We only got about 10 minutes left. So it's going to be brief. Um, but Kara, I've shown this tool to. There's also a couple we'll explore. Um, and, and Duncan and Andrew have heard of this, maybe. Duncan's heard of this, but never played with it. Andrew, have you heard of ChatGPT? Yep, we have. We were, never we're played with it? For oh, you have messed around with it? It was pretty impressive, actually. We were, we were kind of blown away. I mean, just to get like a, a baseline down, you could kind of go in there. I mean, just talk about saving saving hours. Totally. Well, so this is this is the thing, right? And, and, and a lot of people, this, I'm going to share my screen here, and let's see if we can slot everybody to the side here so we can see this. So for those of you who don't know, ChatGPT, this uh, program right here, um, is run by a company called OpenAI. And OpenAI was founded, I think, in 2015 by Elon Musk and Sam Altman, who Elon Musk, I think, stepped away from it for various reasons, still, I think, is part owner. Um, but Sam Altman is now the CEO. And so they do a bunch of different things. You've maybe seen them on the news before for you know, generating images and things like that. But this is something that they released on November 30th of last year. So it's still brand new, less than two months old, and it's still very much in its infancy. It's a beta. They're going to eventually charge for this thing. It's free right now. Use it while you can. Uh, it's absolutely unbelievable. So, uh, Duncan, what is a question that you may have had as a campground owner, I don't know, recently, anytime in the, you can remember, that you would have gone to Google to look up? Or you would have called a lawyer or an accountant or a marketer or anybody that's not you to get the advice from. It doesn't matter what it is. All right. Let's see. Um Mm, I, you know, for a marketer, it would be like, what, what are the best style of like waterfront images to be used? Do you want them up close? Do you want them far away? Like that kind of thing. Right, so what, uh, so let's see, uh, what are the best style of waterfront 
images to use on your website. Sure. As a campground who offers a variety of types of these and wants to use some that will increase bookings. And we'll see. It's It's been overloaded recently. We'll see how long this thing takes. Usually it's like instantaneous, uh, but sometimes it's been timing out because for the last month and a half, well, literally everyone, it's all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram. Everybody's using this thing. That's, um, it's, people are using it to write papers. Yeah, they're college. worried kids will never write papers again because of this. Well, but, but do they... Do they really need to is the question, but well, that's a whole different discussion. So um, we'll see if this thing goes here in a second. Uh, I'll see if I can refresh it and get it to go. But, um, you know, it, it's it's just the ability for this thing. Like this thing has scraped the entire Internet or most of it from all the way up. Well, through how, how did the Instagram Reels campground go for you? That chat right there. Uh, well, <laughs> proprietary information. This was again? actually this is actually just a blog post I was experiencing with one of my writers, right? Where we ask it, uh, and and I'm sorry I forget. Like so, it, it refreshed. So uh, the question was, um, uh, what are waterfront images for marketing to increase bookings? Images to use for marketing a campground uh, to increase bookings, and you're going to find this with a free version, and this is why they're releasing it as paid is just because it continues to time out and sometimes it'll say it's at capacity and, and on and on and on. I think they had a million users for this in the first five days. I don't even want to know what it is now. It's got to be probably 50 million, I would imagine. I thought they were trying to cap it to like 10,000 at any given time, though. Is that Well, they did. They capped rate limit, but it's still like there's so many people who are trying to use it that sometimes like it, this is obviously you know what we're doing and just query it until you get through. Mm -hmm. Every time I try to log in, I get there. We go. Okay. We're experiencing higher than normal volumes. We're at capacity. I can never get it. So here we go. Uh, the best waterfront images to use for marketing a campground would be high quality, visually striking photographs that showcase the natural beauty of the campground surroundings and the amenities it offers. These might include pictures of crystal clear lakes or rivers, lush forests and mountains, and outdoor recreational activities such as swimming, boating, fishing, and hiking. It would also be beneficial to include images of the campground's amenities such as RV hookups, tent sites, cabins, and bathrooms as well as images of families enjoying their stay at the campground. Additionally, it would be a good idea to include images that show the campground's proximity to other popular attractions in the area, et cetera, et cetera. That's not really what you're asking though, right? Not information. It gives you a jumping off point. Right. And so you just have to, what you really have to learn with this thing, and, and most people are just using it for generic queries. And I've spent a ton of time setting this, but what you really have to learn is how to refine your question to actually engage with a photographer if you were talking to them because they don't know campgrounds they don't know your rv park it's like a baby every time you open a chat with this right so you can say like uh that's the wrong answer i wanted to know specifically what a good guide for website photography though right that's kind of what it gave you totally yeah. right yeah. that's that's a great if you've never had anything done before it's just a great mm -hmm. jumping off place to figure out yeah. what you want to put on there Whether a picture of a waterfront RV site should be close up, wide angle, or what else, Duncan? Uh, aerial. Or aerial. Marketing a waterfront RV site, a combination of different types of images can be effective. A close-up image of the RV site can show the specific details and the amenities offered, such as the electrical and water hookups and the level of privacy and shade. A wide angle can give a sense of the overall layout of the campground and the RV site's location in relation to the waterfront and other amenities. And an aerial image can showcase the waterfront location and the surrounding landscape, providing a sense of the natural beauty of the area. It's important to note the final choice may depend on the specific target audience, the platform you're using for marketing, and the overall message you want to convey. Yeah, that's wild. That right there is just a wild, wild. Right. You're not even seeing like everything. This is nothing. That's, like, like literally, this is just the touch point, right? Yeah. So here's an example. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see what we got over here that I can show you. Oh, here, I did a. We had a. We had a debate about mo on modern campground about this about using some of these AI tools and journalism in the future, right? And so I literally had. I said at the top, can you write an argument for the use of AI and journalism from multiple diverse perspectives? Before you do so, state the characteristics of the various characters. Sure. Here are three perspectives on the use of AI: a journalist who's been in the industry for many years, a media executive 
a media ethicist, and I guess there's four, an AI researcher. Please proceed. And then it gave an argument for the use of AI journalism, combining those views. And then I said, right from the media ethicist viewpoint, and it wrote and expanded on the media ethicist viewpoint of AI. Like you can tell this to literally do anything. Really it like really is. Literally. Um, what yeah. was I doing? The other thing that, that's interesting about this is that other AI programs cannot even tell it's being written by another computer. Right. So right. they have these, you know, anti-cheat programs and all that kind of stuff. And this thing is blowing so much of it out of the water that they can't even keep, they can't even tell if it's real or not. I think well, the way they'll catch them is they'll be the same, right? The essays will be highly similar. and they Well, they won't. Well, they, they tried that, there. and what they found is that if you prompt it right, it won't. Exactly, and that's the whole key is interacting as the AI, right? But we're talking about things that can help you save staff time, that can mm -hmm. help you save even – like I'm not suggesting you ever use something like this for legal advice, right? But you can use it as a basis, as a starting point. So, you know, I'm a campground owner, and I – have a guest who is being unruly and will not observe quiet time. How can I quickly diffuse this situation and encourage the guest to be compliant? We'll see if it's pausing again. This is going to oh, there we go. There are several steps you can take to diffuse the situation and encourage compliance. Approach the guest in a calm and professional manner and explain the campground's quiet time policy. Ask the guest to lower their noise level and be respective. Remind them of the potential consequences, such as being asked to leave the campground. Offer a solution or compromise to the problem, such as suggesting an alternative activity or location. Document the incident and report it to the management if the guest continues to be non-compliant. Remember to stay calm and handle the situation with professionalism and respect. We've done two things here. This thing is literally unlimited with what you can do with it. Yeah, I had it plan my agenda the other day because I had way too many to do things on my list and didn't know where to start. Optimize my time schedule for me. Yeah, we literally said it like Kara has to do this, 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 and it was a for list of like 20 15 things. minutes. Do this for these 12 minutes. It, do this. Yeah, it gave you eight to eight thirty. Do this nine to nine thirty. Do that. Mm -hmm. Like. It's, it will do anything that you ask it to do. So we have maybe time for one more. Give me something hard, Andrew. Anything that you can imagine that's you think uh, is going to Yeah. So we're rolling out a few kind of Class C specific RV pads that are located in kind of harder to reach spots, but they're cool, right? One's kind of elevated directly up over the river. We want to find the best way to market to Class C specific. RVers. Phone an RV park and 25 and feet under. Building some class C motorhome sites. Class B. Oh, class B. Class B. Sorry. At my campground. What is the best way to market these to a potential audience that might be interested? I guess class B or class C is really. It's really 25, yeah, 25 foot RVs is really what it is. Can you be yeah. class B? Well, let's just say RV sites. We'll see if it knows what a class B is, right? Can you yeah. be specific and provide actionable details that will inform me of a target audience, places to communicate to them, and how best to create uh, a welcoming atmosphere. Error occurred. Okay. Well, I'm going to copy and paste that. Hold I wonder if you could use it for like pricing optimization. You know, you say, okay, I'm, I'm adding these 10 RV sites to this market. I'm targeting this demographic. Where should I price my site? You know, because if it skims every, every campground in that region or that location on the internet and tells you exactly where you should price. I mean, come on. Well, so that's the limitation of it right now is it doesn't actually connect to the internet. Okay. So it only got data up through, I think 2021 and some of the smaller things that it's involved, like it doesn't know who, for example, modern campground was and all those kinds of things. And now it's just completely timed out. So I think we killed it. Yeah. It's all right. We're about to time out. <laughs>
Yeah. So <laughs> but that's the thing is, 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 is Microsoft is in talks to invest $10 billion more into this company and they want to integrate this into Bing search by March. March. Reliable source to say. So that's the thing that I'm trying to say is this is not, this is not like you can literally like here's perplexity.ai another, we're going to close with this, right? This other tool uh, that it functions like a beta search engine. It's not nearly as good as Google yet, but you can say, Duncan, where's your campground? Find me Waterford, Maine. Near where? Waterford, Maine. Waterford, Maine. That is kid friendly and has five star reviews along with a swimming pool. And this is what the future of search is going to look like. I don't see anything. Gray screen? Oh, hold on one second. Gray screen black. Uh, hold on, I got to share a different tab. That's my fault. So, share. Okay. So, this is perplexity.ai. Find me. You see my query at the top. Find me a campground near Waterford, Maine uh, that is kid friendly. And then it just answers you. Papoose Pond, family campground and cabins is a kid friendly. And it didn't, remember, I didn't ask it, Papoose Pond. Right. It's a kid friendly campground with five star views and a swimming pool. And then it cites where it got the information from TripAdvisor yeah, and Papoose Pond. Yeah, the first one. highly rated by RV Life and CampSpot.com and is recommended as one of the best family campgrounds in Maine by Maine wow. Camp Ah Rentals. Camp and then you can and then you can view a detailed response too. Now this isn't always right yet. It just came out like a month ago. It has been rated four and a half out of five stars in TripAdvisor, eight point three out of ten stars in Camp. Like that's the future of search. As soon as Bing turns that on, like it will well, take years for people to adopt it. But if you don't think Bing will beat Google with the convenience of that, as people figure that out, that's a better it's, answer. It's also going to change the way because it's it's only giving you one answer. It's not giving right. you a Google results with a million. And that's hits, the thing. If right? I do the same thing, you guys can see the Google thing, right? Mm -hmm. If I do the same thing on Google, I don't really yeah, have you get like, a list. I have a list, and I have to go click through them and see what's happening and look at mm -hmm. like it. And answer is convenience, right? And so this One is answer. just this is so much closer than people think it is. Wow. I mean, it's here. What was and that last one? I've never heard of that one. It's the last one is perplexity.ai. And it's built using the same technology that powers ChatGPT, albeit a slightly older version. But that's the, and that's what Bing will look like with ChatGPT is integrated with it. And they're pushing to do this. They're putting it in Excel. They want to put it in Word. They want to put it in everywhere. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen really, 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 really fast. So, so what's so like your help function in Excel and Word? You're it'll saying be it'll, be, it'll be your new like version. I'm talking clippy. about like uh, here's yeah, what a I little like. a little uh, paperclip. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. except it'll be useful. You, you yeah. can do that with that ChatGPT thing now. You can tell it to act as an Excel spreadsheet and write a formula, and it will write a formula for Excel for you. Yeah, I also wow. learned it writes HTML code for you. It will write <laughs> HTML code. I had that dude do yeah. that for Carrie yesterday. Yeah. And then you wow. can instruct it to ask and answer questions too. So we did that with Kara. We were building out a page for this new CCRVC board. And I said, uh, you're, you're, a, you're a website developer, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, we need a table that has three columns. Here's the title of the first, second, third. Uh, the information will contain the name of the person, their title, and their you know, affiliated association. You will ask me each time for the name of the person. There will be a total of 21 people. And then only after that, you will generate the HTML code. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. Can I please have the first name? Wow. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. Like, it's coded yeah, a WordPress it plugin. It's convenient. It codes. It'll code a WordPress plugin. Like, it's not always flawless. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all about how you prompt it. But if you don't think this thing is coming to a speaker that Microsoft is going to release, oh, yeah. that's going to destroy Alexa and Google and will truly be valuable, if you don't think it's coming to a robot that patrols an automated campground that can talk and interact to a guest, and diffuse problems on its own. This is very, very quick happening. Yeah, this well, if that's the case, ago. then you definitely need to look at what your infrastructure backbone is in your park. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that's I the, mean, amount, the amount of bandwidth that it would require to operate an autonomous robot with video, with <laughs> a running a cloud-based artificial intelligence. You need to be aware that you know. You have For to have sure. structure to support some of this stuff. I'm not saying the robots are going to be in campgrounds this year, but I'm saying that the AI is here and this is this very much exists and this is only yeah. a beta. 
They've well, had and I think GPT-3 is what it's based off of, and it's been released for two years. They've said in, in the, well, they haven't said. Everybody who seems to pretend they know on YouTube thinks they're going to release GPT-4 within the first quarter of this year. And if you yeah. think you're blown away with what ChatGPT just did, wait until that thing comes out. I, I think it's at this stage, it's important. If I if I were still an operator, I would I would be paying close attention to tools like Perplexity that are providing one answer and being strategic about my park being the one answer. Mm -hmm. um, and, that's and where I, I would start. That, I've well, said I that down for years with voice assistant. I didn't I didn't imagine things a thing like ChatGPT was as close as it was. I didn't honestly think that. But I, I've talked about voice assistants to people at many conferences who will tell you before, that's exactly what I said. The future of search is going to be exactly what we typed in, and it's going to give you an answer. And if well, you are not like answer, said, you're in trouble. That's That's been the biggest eye-opener for me lately, is that it's here, and people are already using it. And so if you don't know about it, here's here it is for you, because uh, it's time to get ready. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Save a lot of time already. Construction RFPs and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you can, yeah. yeah. I mean, it literally knows everything about everything. So, anyway, we're out of time. We're six minutes <laughs> over. I appreciate you guys. We probably, again, I could talk on this for the next 48 hours straight. But, um, super exciting times we live in. Just, it's coming. It's, it's not, it's not even coming anymore. I keep, even I haven't caught up to that, right? It's here. Mm -hmm. And you can use it and you can save so much time and so much energy and so much headache and so much Googling. And you can get, again, you have to fact check some of this stuff. Nobody's saying it's always right. But our world's going to change. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it'll be a lot of good. But we'll have to expand on that in another episode. So thank you, guys. I appreciate you joining us. We'll Thanks see for you next week for RV nice Industry Focus Show. And uh, take care. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for watching this episode of MC Fireside Chats, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. Have a suggestion for a future show or want to see your campground or company as part of an episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Join us next week for another episode. And don't miss the latest outdoor hospitality news and commentary from around the world at moderncampground.com.